in a world whose hosts cried out for a replacement to Thunderdome. The Top 10 is proud to bring you The Realist. Realist! Realist! Welcome to the Top 10 Realist. 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 <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. Well, let's get into this thing. I'm excited to talk about this one. This is such an unusual topic, Matt. Uh, but first, let's talk about how this all came about. Like, who's who, who, who are the people involved today? Who are the patrons that are contributing to our uh, Realist today? Um, well, uh, uh, our Realist is put together by Chris Alexakos, who does all the legwork on this. And uh, we thank him so much for everything that he helps us do with all the Patreon content. Absolutely. So I'll again to Mr. Christos Alexakos. Yeah. Uh, we have, so the way it works is the first patron chooses the topic and then the next two patrons submit their lists. Uh, and the three pa- patrons that we have is, what is this, Billy Williams? He selected the topic, yes. Yeah. I've never seen Williams before. It's like Williams almost, yeah. but Gwil, G-U. Uh, his, his choice was top 10 movies involving witches and wizards uh, <laughs> and or wizards, I know which that's is a such topic. a unique topic. Yeah, it's a topic close to your heart. You know a lot about witches and wizards. So, yeah, can't wait to get into this one. <laughs> well, do you want to tell people about your coven? Yeah, right. I'm going to get <laughs> it's, it's right in the back over there. It's right off camera. I just have him sitting in the corner over there, the coven. <laughs> I just pull out my uh, Harry Potter wand and do it. I exactly. <laughs> if anybody knows wizards, it's you, my friend. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's not your thing. This is not where you would normally pick a topic. Uh, I certainly do know about uh, uh, the witches and wizards from Harry Potter, but that's pretty much it. So this is going to be interesting for sure. Oh, and the Lord of the Rings stuff. So it'll be fascinating to see what uh, comes up on these people's lists. Because of course, we don't look at. Uh, you know, and Williams uh, gave us the topic, but two other people submitted their list. Two other patrons submitted their list. We don't look at these lists mm. before we read them on the air, so that it has that vibe of our actual show as well. Uh, so uh, this week, the two lists are from Keith Fitzgerald uh, and Jay Scotty Sinclair. So uh, this, this these look a bit verbose. So we're gonna have some things to read for sure, uh, counting down these lists. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, who do you want to take? Uh, I think I took the the top one last time, so why don't you take the top one, which is Keith's. Okay. Do Jay Scotty's. All right. Uh, Keith Fitzgerald, let's start there. Hey, Matt and John, thank you for selecting me. It's an honor. Here's my list. I purposefully left off the Harry Potter franchise and the Lord of the Rings. Wow. As they have been in numerous lists in the past. So without further ado, here is my list. Number 10, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, Let me look. No. Okay. He said, Mickey Mouse is a hard act to follow, but that's not stopping Nicolas Cage from doing his best in this Disney-approved reimagining of Fantasia's most famous segment. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was uh, the Nicolas Cage. I didn't know they were doing that one. Oh, wow. Um, I don't remember. I actually enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, actually. For for a Nicolas Cage vehicle with this kind of thing, it could easily have been like the, what was that other one? The Seventh Witcher or whatever it was called. Uh, oh this, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I tried watching that, and uh, 
I actually all his bad movies by and large. Yeah. It, like The Knowing. Hey, oh yeah. Fine. Or you know where he rattled off like ten of those in five years. Right. Oh, right. A lot of them. And you're like it's entertaining. You know. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's He's better not bad. People's crap. I don't yeah. watch Bruce Willis's versions of those. <laughs> I wouldn't watch them either. Yeah. No, but I watch Nick Cage's. I don't know oh, yeah. the distinction. I think he understands what movie he's in. He knows how to take it seriously and not take and it seriously at the same I time. Have Bruce phones it in. At least Nick is trying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bruce phones it in big time. Uh, yeah. I saw, yeah. I haven't seen this one actually. I mean, I, I saw this one actually and I didn't think it was that bad of a, uh, as, like you, Matt. I didn't think it was that bad of a film. I thought Jay Baruchel was cool in the movie as well. <clears throat> I don't know if they did a variation of him carrying, you know, the. Uh, uh, buckets of water and stuff like that. I don't remember that. So uh, anyway, all right. The number six. Sorry, y'all. It's morning here and Saturday. So my throat's a little, the dark crystal. Me the nine. Uh, Yeah. Nine dark crystal. The dark crystal. Let me see. Nope. Not on my. All right. He says it's predictable. You know, the quest right up front, but it's also a wonderful fantasy movie to get wrapped up in. Do you remember the dark crystal? Uh, yeah, I remember I was talking to Wendy about it. Not mm. she was getting one of those. What are they called? Maquettes? Those oh, yeah. taller statue things. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Wow, oh, is, is the new show any good?" Because I remember I saw it in the theater, mm-hmm. uh, and I was depressed as a kid walking out. Yeah, so I like it. Um, and I don't know if there'd be any different now as an adult. But I heard the you know the show was good. I never yeah. watched it just because. I don't know. It's one of Henson's that just it didn't grab me as a kid. It made me sad. Right, right. Understood. Yeah, it's not one of the ones that I would come back to either. I remember seeing a theater myself, and it was just like I thought the beginning with all oh, that stuff was really interesting. But then the kind of the little bit of the uh, live action, not live action. What do you want to say? The kind of the the puppetry of it all. Just kind of ne- I never felt connected to the puppetry of it all. Yeah, I didn't and like the, the two mains. Yeah, and we tried to watch the uh, Netflix series for about an episode or two. Uh, but we gave up on it after that. It just wasn't our cup of tea. So, you know, um, and that because she liked it when she was a kid, but it just didn't work for us. Um, all right. Number eight is uh, Dragon Slayer. Do you have Dragon Slayer on your list? Uh, no. Okay. It says Dragon Slayer, a great fantasy film. The special effects hold up fairly well. Even today, the dragon is just a model and it looks fantastic. Uh, there are great performances and the direction is tight. Tweet. Is Dragon Slayer? Uh, that's, that's the '80s one. Who's in that? Uh, Peter McNichol, I think, is the main guy. Yes, that Peter McNichol, Mister Vega or Vega, whatever his name is from uh, Ghostbusters Two. Uh, yeah, it is Peter McNichol. Uh, oh, and Ralph Richardson. Yeah, Dragon Slayer, nineteen eighty one. Eighty one. Oof. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. It's one of the rare phrases where he got into a lead role, because normally he's an ensemble player, but he was funny. As, uh, he was interesting as the uh, Dragon Slayer, because he's not like some you know big hero. He's a kind of a nebbish guy who gets into the situation and tries to win the girl and get involved with all this stuff with dragons and stuff. So it's pretty. It's an interesting film. For, okay. I think there's a cult following for that one, for sure. Um, all right, what's your number eight, 10? Is number eight. Yeah, true. Right. What's your number 10? Uh, let's see, Jay, so- Jay Scotty Sinclair, uh, Sinclair rather. Greetings, mm-hmm. John and Matt. Thanks for all the laughs and for including me in the week's topic. I'm excited to actively participate in a show for the first time. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, my top 10 films featuring a wizard or witch. Uh, parenthetically, I lied. Quick aside, 
Um, I've yet to see Robert Eggers' uh, The Witch, but I mm. love Lighthouse, so it likely would make my would have made my list. Uh, at ten, he's got the kid who would be king. Okay, yeah, not on this list. All right, he puts this <laughs> didn't knock my socks off by means, but I wanted to give it some love and bring it to more people's attention as a fun and inventive take on King Arthur's legend. Mm. Both a young and old. Uh, version of Merlin, the later portrayed by Sir Patrick Stewart. And I've got a soft spot for Rebecca Ferguson, who is somewhat underutilized as the villainous Morgona. Mm-hmm. And his young son plays the lead. And I'm interested to see what next, uh, what's next for all the young performers involved. Mm, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I remember when it was coming out and uh, people said it was Circus's son and uh, mm-hmm. that it was, it was better than you would think it would be. Uh, but I right. never thought, did you? Uh, yes, I did see it because uh, it was one of the screenings that we got early. Um, I watched it. I thought it was, for what it was, I was going in expecting to be bored or like, oh, what a kid's movie, blah, blah, blah. But it actually was yeah. interesting. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not the best King Arthur film or King Arthur related film I've ever seen, but it's certainly better than that King Arthur from Guy Ritchie. And so I, th- I thought it was a you know, good film for what it was. And Rebecca Ferguson is great. She's always uh, good in any of these uh, kind of films. So, yeah, I liked it. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Nice little, uh, bit of love for a movie that came out <laughs> very recent uh, history. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, maybe check out the, the kid who would be king at nine. He's got scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, interesting choice. Uh, no, not on this list. Um, he writes, while this book series adaptation might not include any witches in the traditional cackling, cackling with brimmed hat, cauldron, and broomstick sense, <laughs> include it because there's a strong argument to be made that film's uh, protagonist, Stella, could be considered a witch for unleashing the terrors upon the town mm. as the main matriarchal antagonist responsible for the curse originally. Beyond that, the film delivers some solid PG-13 scares that rivals some R-rated counterparts and features great performances from a young cast of newcomers. While criminally underseen, I expect it to live as a Halloween classic in coming years. Oh, there you go. Uh, I have not seen this one. Did you? No, because um, I never read the books. So yeah. I just this was made for, you know, a younger generation than me. Um, yeah. If it was really good, then I would have seen it like... Um, the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black. Oh, yeah. And eventually I watched it, even though I didn't read a single one of those books. Yeah. I never heard anybody of our age or anyone we know um, say, talking about it. Like may, maybe someone of Cody's age mm. yeah. or him or RB3 or something, but I yeah, didn't yeah. bring it up. So that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. All right. What's next on this list? <clears throat> well, it's two for two on. Underseen movies. <laughs> three for three. At number eight, he's got four rooms. Wow. The uh, Tarantino, Tarantino one? Oh, interesting. Um, no, not on this list. Go ahead. All right. He said, this might be my biggest stretch as only one of the vignettes in the anthology comedy, The Missing Ingredient, includes a coven of witches. Worked mm. in a hotel, this film holds a special place in my heart. Sure, the witches are a bit cliche, but it's a hell of a way to open the film, making you almost as bamboozled as Tim Roth's uh, L-pop character, Ted, mm. sets the tone for the wild ride you're in for. <laughs> okay. Uh, I remember seeing it once. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. Um, but yeah. I thought Tim Roth was, you know, 
funny as the manic bellboy throughout this whole thing. And this is young Tim Roth, you know, so you get to enjoy a little more of him being uh, kind of uh, weird or insane at this time in his life as a, as an actor. So, yeah, um, but yeah, cool. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I watched it to be, <laughs> at that point, a Tarantino completist. Right. To rewatch it. And that trend hasn't continued because I haven't seen Death Proof. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I've heard you say it's good. I do. Of mixed, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to kind of ruin my opinion, but that seems kind of ridiculous ultimately. <laughs> it's not going to sure change you. how much I appreciate his other movies, exactly. I'm sure you'll come around to it when you're ready to come around to it. It's one of those kind of things, I get it totally. Um, all right, so then, uh, <clears throat> my number seven on Keith's side is uh, Willow, the uh, Willow, uh, not on my list. Good wow. choice. Wow, okay. Uh, for its day, Willow was one of the better fantasy movies. The effects took, look a little dated now, especially the two-headed beastie, but it has enough humor and action to keep most satisfied. It's no Lord of the Rings, but then it was made 14 years ago. So there you go. Um, maybe well, a little bit. Made... What's that? I was going to say it was made, what, 14 years before Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's 30 years old? More than that, because it's 1988 yeah. is Willow, so it's like 20... 20, yeah, it's 20 years old because it came out in 88. So, or 22, yeah, yeah 22, you're right. 22, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 22 wow. would be 2010. That's 32 <laughs> years old. Right. What? It's 32 years old. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. 32 years old. Yeah. So, oh, I see. So, it's 14 years since Lord of the Rings, but 32 since it came out. Got it. Yep. Got it. All right. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, I've seen the movie a couple times. I don't have the like mad love for this thing as people do, although I did enjoy it. Both times that I watched, I know there are people who like worship at the altar of Willow. What's your feelings about it? Yeah, I don't, I don't go that extreme, but um, mm. I loved it as a kid, and I still, I watched it a couple of years ago. It's like I wonder if it still holds up. And uh, there are numerous parts that I think are really good still. Yes, the like the two headed monster that he brought up. Hell, mm-hmm. that it's a you know stop motion puppet that they put in because how else are you going to be able to pull off this? ridiculously uh you know larger than life character there is no cgi none of that jazz at the time right so, uh but yeah val kilmer's uh great in it warwick uh, davis is great in it mm-hmm. um I, I still think it's worth a watch yeah all right cool uh then his number six is the craft not on my list oh man craft this is going to be a fun uh, thing to put together. Uh, the Craft. Uh, it says, teenage witches, cheesy but entertaining. Well, there you go. Succinct and to the point. Uh, I've never seen The Craft. Have you ever seen The Craft? Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, not good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I it was like part of that emo, what was it, like four or five years after The Crow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's almost in the tail end of the 90s grunge era type of right. thing. And it just felt like a cheap grab. Um, I know people like it better than that, but I saw it and I was like, this is, I don't know. Yeah. I've rolled my eyes at it and be like, this isn't for me. I got it. Yeah. Understood. Um, Yeah. All right. So what's your number seven? Uh, Seven is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Wow. Great choice. Not on this list. On what's left of this list. Wow. That's a good choice. Um, he puts, uh, I regularly quote, she made a mute. 
So which scene in this film is almost as iconic as the film itself, lampooning the beliefs of the medieval world and Arthurian legend at large and more heavily? Mm -hmm. The film is perfect as is, but I can't help ask myself as I prepare this list, what kept them from including a Merlin or Merlin-type character? A wizard and witch together would have moved it up at least a spot or two in regard to this list. Interesting. Well, they have the bridge troll and then... You know, what is the favorite color? And then they have uh, the guy who, like, kind of deals with the rabbit, you know, the crazy rabbit. So they do have fantastical characters in that way, but they don't have Merlin. You're right. So, I mean, maybe that's their way of saying that stuff wouldn't have existed. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, It is interesting. I've never really thought about that fact, the fact that an Arthurian legend that they didn't include Merlin. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe that that's the first time <laughs> that idea has popped into my head. Good for you, Jay Scott and Claire. Yeah, obvious that I was foolish enough to never have noticed. That speaks volumes about it's a bit about how good the film is. You didn't that we didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, didn't even yeah, just enjoyed it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. All um, right, it's yeah. six. I've got uh, or Jay Scotty Sinclair has or uh, Sinclair rather is Matilda. Oh, yeah, no, not on this list. All right. He writes, as a fan of horror, I'm a bit surprised at the lack of horror films on my list. But this one was fairly memorable from my childhood. Hmm. Not to get too deep, but it came out as my parents were going through a divorce and the sense of whimsy, magic, and empowerment bestowed upon a child in less than ideal circumstances really helped me cope. Goes to show why Roald Dahl's uh, stories have stood the test of time, I suppose. Oh, watched in years but i'd be curious to see how it holds up today interesting okay um i then once again one i one i have not seen so um i don't know i don't know much about it uh or other, i mean i don't i remember seeing the book uh when i was growing up and i remember you know seeing the movie coming out but i don't remember what else is involved in it um i've seen it but it's been a long long time i mean okay 24 years ago. Okay. So it's been, a, it's been a minute. It was on repeat on cable in the late nineties, early two thousands. I remember that on yeah. like HBO or Showtime Cinemax one, something or other, some pay channel that we had. So I know I definitely have seen it. So she becomes a witch or there's a witch involved in the show. You're like asking the wrong person. I okay, just remember <laughs> at this point, I remember like vignettes from it. And that, yeah. and the fact that Roald Dahl, it's based on his book. Got it. Okay, cool. Danny DeVito, like during it, uh, was super sweet to the young girl. Yeah. Um, like I think her parents were, I think her mom was going through, uh, was like dying or something, and he basically okay. take care of her or something along those lines. Right, right, right. Just to prove how, you know, man, he seems like a good guy. He's like, you know what? He might actually just be a good guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, We'll jump into the uh, uh, top half of the list now. Uh, number five for Keith is Doctor Strange. Uh, not on my list. Well, he is a wizard. Uh, this movie had spectacular visuals and awesome acting. It has you thinking internally about yourself and finding your true self. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. It's one of my favorite MCU films. Uh, is he so, yeah. a wizard? Yeah, he's a mystic yeah, of the dark arts. Yeah. He calls himself a, like a mystical wizard of the dark arts. 
I don't think he calls himself anything. He makes fun of him. <laughs> he calls him the magician, you know, the Bleecker Street magician or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, what would you call him? I don't know. I don't know that I've really thought of a title. Magician. The Sorcerer Supreme is what he is. Um, okay. Yeah, so, he's inspired by the stories of black magic and Chandu the magician. The magician. So... In a way, he is a magician in that way, but he's also, I think, being a sorcerer is kind of like, you know, related to being a wizard, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's a much classier way of. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a janitor. I'm a custodial engineer, please. Let's make that. Exactly. Yeah. You're just classing it up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Doctor Strange is, is fantastic. It's one of uh, my favorite MCUs as well. I yep. think it's. If we got to do a, another origin story, it makes sense you have to do it for a character like that whose powers are so utterly different from everybody else's. But uh, it's a cool introduction to a world that you've never really seen. Yep, I agree. The Inception, like being able to warp the world around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, super interesting. Really well done. And Cumberbatch was a great choice. He was. What's I don't think you can hear it in the background. Can you What's hear that? it in the background? Oh, the door's yeah. open. Yeah, I totally can. Oh, uh, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, but not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Okay, well, she's yeah. uh, Catherine Chet in the door. It's fine. Yeah, no worries. Uh, what's your five? What's oh, so Jay Scotty's five? Uh, his five is Harry B- uh, Potter and the Half Blood Prince. All right. Well, clearly not on this list since those were taken off. So go he ahead. Excluded. Um, Jay writes. Of course, I had to include a Harry Potter entry. <laughs> An unpopular choice. I enjoy the book and film series, but am by no means a diehard fan. That said, I enjoyed how this film continued the darker trend setup. Uh, in the Order of the Phoenix, while maintaining some levity by bringing in the main adventure back to Hogwarts. Bringing back time travel elements that up the ante, both visually and story-wise, plus spending more time with darker, damaged characters like Malfoy and Snape make it my favorite of the series. Hmm. That's a fair, that's a, that's a good uh, breakdown yeah. of that one. I'm not going to argue that one. Um, yeah, it's you know I think they get better in the latter half of uh of the series like uh, three is good four i'm not a big fan of uh but then it starts to kind of pick up with this order of the phoenix and half blood prince and then deathly hallows one and two i think those are enjoyable movies to watch and they have a darkness to them and a maturity to them that matches them getting older so uh, I, I like those movies uh for what they were i rarely see the first two uh ever if ever so yeah i never go back to watch sorcerers or philosophers mm-hmm. depending on which country you're in Right, right. Um, it just never happens. Once it's basically what is Azkaban is the the flip over, and, mm-hmm. and from there, as it gets, I like it because as the audience matures, all these younger kids, yeah, the books mature and the movies mature as well. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Once it goes starts going darker, and you bring it in, they do a nice balance between the levity. Yeah, uh, yeah, surprisingly so. Uh, all right, his number four, Keith's number four, is the Chronicles of Narnia. Just, I guess, the entire thing. Wow, we are never going to have a, a, any kind of <laughs> over here. Go ahead. No, I don't think so. Keith says a beautiful adaptation of the beloved series. Not only is it beautiful in the sense of the filming, but the message it portrays is equally as beautiful. It is a beautiful depiction of family and the vast love the father has for his ch- for his children. It is a masterpiece in and of itself. Oh, wow. Strong, strong words. Strong words to call that one a masterpiece. Masterpiece seems strong. Yeah. I mean, he used used beautiful four times. So I got to give him props for his emotion about the film. But uh, I will say that I don't think it's a masterpiece. But it's certainly a good adaptation of the book, for sure. Uh, Sadly, the other ones, 
didn't quite match the quality uh, that the first one had. I think I only saw the second one. Oh, okay. No, I saw the first one. I'm saying of the the following. Oh, gotcha, know. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So the second one, uh, I liked. I liked the first one. It was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. I mean, I know. It, I knew it did well enough to where the series would continue, and yeah. they promised early on, like, okay, maybe they continue to grow this. And then the next one, I was just kind of underwhelmed by, so I didn't really care if it continued or not. But yeah. I'll reboot this eventually. So oh, sure, down the road, yeah, yeah I can't imagine. We'll that. have this again. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's your number four or Jay Scotty's four? Uh, Jay Scotty's four is the Princess Bride. Oh, nice choice. Not on this list for some strange reason. All right. He writes, uh, Billy Crystal's Miracle Max might not get the most screen time in this timeless classic, but his character plays a pivotal role. The quest, landscape, obstacles, and general aesthetic are evocative of the medieval fantasy fairy tale world Mm. comes to mind when I think wizards and witches, and thus is very deserving of a spot on this list. Yeah. Um, I would have to say I agree. Uh, I think that that film is is just a classic and so on so many levels, and um yeah miracle max is absolutely pivotal right i mean because the whole second half of the movie doesn't happen if he doesn't bring what's his face back to life so yeah great choice i i guess i never really thought of him as a wizard before <laughs> well, i don't know like an alchemist or something I he's, he's performing miracles right so wouldn't that lend itself to some sort of magic or some sort of uh, if it's a miracle it'll be more religious Ooh. But he's not a priest or yeah, yeah, any kind of clerical individual. Yeah, and just like Merlin before, I guess I never really thought of what Billy Crystal's role was meant to signify within that world. Yeah, but it works as wizard, sure. I mean, he's but he's also like he's made mechanical contraptions to help him right realize this right. Uh, but it is like a potion kind of thing. Yeah, he served at the sec- yeah because he served at the hand of the king. It's almost like in the Prince of Egypt, the animated film. Those you know, the Steve Martin Martin short characters uh, for Ramses. You know, uh, it seems like that's the kind of role he played, like a bit of a magician or a wizard or a you know potion maker, things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so uh, case number three is Hocus Pocus. Not on my list. Hello. Uh, admittedly, a guilty pleasure and just a fun movie. Uh, I have never seen this one. Have you? Yeah, it's good. I totally get why a younger generation, it's their easily their go-to Halloween movie and whatnot. If I was, mm. you know, the the prime age, because I want to say this came out like 94, 92. 94 is my first guess. 92 is my second guess. You looking it up? Yeah, let's take a look. Sorry about that. Uh, 93. Wow, right in the middle there. Damn it. Do they <laughs> do ballpark in uh showdown? Can no, you ballpark? I'll take ballpark, Christian. <laughs> And you just got to get within one year. That'd be fun. You get like half a point. <laughs> I think that's a more reasonable. Uh, sure. Sure. Than, oh, uh, landed on specifically. ballpark. Landed on ballpark. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Hocus Pocus, like. Okay. If you ever see it, you'll understand why there's a generation of people that think it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I know there are a lot fun. of people about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun, you know, great casting. Um, and it's a you know story that resonates with a generation. And probably once they show their kids 
uh, it will continue on, you know, thereafter. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. What's your number three? My oh. three is the wizard of Oz. Ooh, not on this list. Wow. I don't, we're not going to have. No. Over. Wizard is literally in the title and it's not on this list. Exactly. He writes, uh, tough not to include this as my number one criteria of wizard or witch. Wizard of Oz features two of the most memorable and the titular wizard, of course, mm. and the witch of the Wicked Witch of the West, a villain that has frightened generations. Mm. Beyond the legacy and impact of the film, it's incredibly rewatchable, features some catchy tunes, and entertains both adults and children alike. Wow. Okay. My <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it should be. If you're going to include a wizard or a witch, it's got both. Yeah. Um, and it is an absolute all timer. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what we can say about Wizard of Oz that <laughs> hasn't been said before. Did you like the sequel? Uh, the Return to Oz, that one, Return to Oz. I did not, no, it wasn't my bag. I know there are people who defend it though, but I just felt like, oh, this feels like they're really trying to recapture something, but still try something new, but none of it is fully working for me. So, mm. yeah, how about you? Yes and no. Like okay. the headless woman in the room full of the heads, I was I thought that was the coolest thing. It was so scary, but so simple when I was right. a kid and had certain aspects, but I didn't like the redesign on certain characters threw me off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like the roller boys type of thing. Uh I thought it was really stupid. Yeah. But then other aspects of it, uh, you know, I thought were really successful. I was looking forward to it. It's all in theater. What about the uh uh James Franco. Oh yeah, I thought that was okay. That's um, yeah. damn it. Who directed that one again? I don't know. It was him, Rachel Vice, Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi directed that one. Oh really? That's a Raimi. yeah, yeah. That is Raimi. Um, wow. I, I know it was an unusual name to direct that film, but yeah, it's yeah. You're right. It's Rachel Vice. It's um, <clears throat> it's a uh, Michelle Williams. Um, oh, good pull. I think Zach Braff is the voice of the monkey. And okay. I, can't, I can't remember who else was in it, uh, but I know there's that older black character actor who's in it as well. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable for what it was, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like, you know, a, a mind blowing, but it was certainly was enjoyable to watch. Uh, there's a there's a nice little magic to it, I think, and the lesson uh, that he's learning, you know, and it makes you like the guy, especially because like in Wizard of Oz, he's a charlatan. So in this one you see that there's a reason for why he stayed and what he did. And there was good. So you you were only getting a snippet of this guy way at the, you know, older end of his life as opposed to at the beginning. So for that, it, it served its purpose. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. So number two on this list uh, for uh, Keith is Excalibur. Not on my list. Oh my God. Filled with symbolism, morality, and comedy, it tells a great tale of legend. The moody music score sets the tone and lifts the heart and spirit. No CGI or effects, just good old acting that makes that make moments to treasure. Uh, yeah, I love this. This is my favorite, uh, bar none, of the uh, Arthur stories. Uh, and if I was making this list, this would probably be very, very close to the top because of, you got Merlin. Merlin is such a standout. Nicole Williamson does such a great job with that character. Um, and he's such a standout and so much fun to enjoy. So uh, he's the, one of the reasons to watch the movie uh, because he adds so much levity while not losing the um, seriousness of what he's trying to do with Arthur. So it's your favorite Arthur? 
Oh yeah, bar none. It's like by miles, by miles. It's my favorite King Arthur in terms of movies, right? <clears throat> my favorite King Arthur in terms of other stuff like media or books. Camelot three thousand is a fantastic one for comic books. Um, okay. And I've tried to reread the. Oh, I've tried to read the. Um, a source material, you know, the book that it's based on, but there's like uh, three or four different variations of it. So you're just like, oh, it's very old English as well. So it doesn't really grab me as strongly as other stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. It was made yeah. for a different time, like utterly a different time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would have to choose Sword in the Stone because there's been so many bad Arthurs that it's tough to find one that I like to start to finish, mm-hmm. uh, which is surprising. Because it seems like th- such a no-brainer that there would be, yeah, man. Every generation would have their version of it because it's a story that we still know. Yeah, low these how many centuries later? Yeah. Well, they just can't seem to get it right and overall. Like King Arthur was terrible. I thought the um, Clive Owen one wasn't good. I thought it was it was boring and weird. Yeah, and then I thought I thought first night was terrible. The Sean Connery first night's was, brutal, right? Um, yeah, and then so I don't know if there's uh, the Robin and Mary. Oh no, that's the Robin Hood one. But like, yeah, that, the, you know, Robin Hood's another one that they don't they don't one hundred percent get it right, other than possibly the animated one and uh, the original Arrow Flynn one. Um, yeah, I don't mind the the Russ Crow one. I think there's oh really okay. I well because it was going to be more than one movie had so long as the first one did well enough, right? So I think they basically laid enough groundwork for me to make right. enough, but I understand why it was not, you know, successful for the average person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just showed promise. Uh, I don't mind the Kevin Costner. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alan Rickman is fantastic in it. But yes, absolutely. Rickman is great in the movie. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah, anyway, so that was his two. Yeah. Excalibur. Yeah. All right. My two is Avengers Infinity War. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, he said, I knew I wanted to include Doctor Strange, and while I do enjoy his solo origin film, Infinity War capitalizes on the full potential of the sorcerer's power set and abilities. Strange's battle with Thanos on Titan is a feast for the eyes. Two birds with one stone, because it also features Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch. It's one of my favorite MCU films, and a lot of that has to do with utilization of these characters. Wanda's moments with Vision are some of the best dramatic acting within the franchise. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Yeah, you do have both. Um, of those two, of Infinity War and Endgame, I think I prefer Infinity War. Mm, okay. Uh, I love Endgame. They're, don't get me wrong. That was, yeah. That final fight scene is awesome, but I just yeah. I think that because they have to deal with so much emotional stuff, the overall rewatchability for me in Infinity War is higher because it's just a it's a quicker paced film, even though the length is roughly the same as Endgame. Yeah, I think you're right. It is a quicker paced film for sure. Uh, Endgame is more of a, a, a thought provoking film or a reflective film uh, before you get to finally those moments that build to the final uh, battle, as you said. Yeah. Through the middle of the film is a lot of conversation about who should die, who shouldn't die, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, that kind of stuff. And the time the time jumping, all that is extra stuff to, that for your mind to be like, well, would this really work? Do you know that kind of stuff as opposed yeah. to Infinity And they got to close out, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tony Stark seeing his dad. Right. And we have this moment. And then Cap doing the same thing, knowing that these two characters are no longer going to exist with these actors. Yeah. So give them their final bow. Totally understand and deserved, especially uh, oh, yeah. 
Iron Man. Because without him, we wouldn't have this series. True. But just the introduction of Thanos and then making, you know, the audience kind of begrudgingly understand Thanos. Yeah. Sympathetic on some level. Yeah. Very true. Uh, all right. So Keith's number one is the Labyrinth or Labyrinth. Yeah. I mean, I knew our number ones wouldn't be the same, but we don't have a single one. <laughs> labyrinth, I'm a fan. Uh, yeah. He says, what can I say other than David frickin' Bowie? So there you go. Uh, that's uh, succinct again. Um, this is uh, one. Dave, uh, yeah, I, was gonna, I was just going to say David frickin' Bowie's cod piece is what you should be saying. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, this is one I haven't seen. So uh, still, I resist this one. I know everyone says to watch it, but maybe someday I will watch it. Um, uh, you probably won't like it. Yeah, not at this age. I imagine I probably won't. No, I watched it two years ago, three years ago with Catherine, thinking yeah. she enjoyed it just because it's got a couple songs in it. But, you know, David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly, and I figured she would enjoy it on some level. And she absolutely just didn't. I mean, yeah. was bored halfway through and begrudgingly finished it with me because I was like, no, it's it's a good movie. I, I am a fan. I'm a big fan. But I also rented it at like the age of eight or something. Right. Right. And loved it. And then every, you know, we went to the movie theater or not movie theater, but the movie store almost every weekend. So I rented it, you know, numerous times. I've, I've seen this thing a lot. Yeah. But totally. I, I think that ship has sailed for you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's like Goonies. I probably saw it too late. Yeah, um, see that one to me seems more universal. Uh, but I'm also a huge fan of that. So, <laughs> uh, what's his number one? Uh, his number one was never going to make your list, which is the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Yeah, and he writes the Lord of the Rings books and films were very influential on me as an adolescent. I read each book the summer before each film was released throughout my middle school matriculation. The Two Towers was easily my favorite read and film in the trilogy. While a lot of my preference uh, can be attributed to the Battle of Helm's Deep and the time we get to spend with Gollum, the return of Gandalf the White is a huge motivating thrust for the film. The opening cinematic showcasing uh, Gandalf's battle with the Balrog was unex- was an unexpected delight. Plus, we get both sides of the morality of magic with Grima, Wormtongue, and Saruman. Okay. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's my favorite in the series, too. I think it's... Yeah, enjoyable. It's the one I if I'm going to watch one again, that's the if I had to, that's the one that I would watch for sure of that uh, trilogy. No doubt. Yeah, I agree with them. The Helm's Deep battle is just epic. Yeah. And I've gotten I've seen every behind the scenes on how they made that. It's super interesting. All the different scale models and the CGI they used. Yeah. Not, uh, it's super interesting, but yeah, two towers is by far my favorite within the series. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, those, <clears throat> those are the separate lists. We're going to put this to get thing together real quick and count it down. Uh, how do you want to do about it? Uh, I can type. Um, okay. I don't know how in the world we, well, I think we just go down the list. One, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah. Just how do we, we just going to trade off. He yeah. just, I think so. Uh, I'm cool with two towers being number one. Um, All right. Like we said, we can mess around with these lists. So 
So I'd like to put Excalibur next instead of Labyrinth. Um, all right. That's their. That's his number two, but I think it should be number one. So we told. We, you know, everybody knows we get to mess around with these lists a little bit. So yeah, we're not gonna you know add or we're not gonna subtract any movies or add any of our own or stuff like that. But we will. Uh, all right. So yep. well, and technically that counts as your number one. So now it's in City yeah. War versus uh, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Well, the trade would be Labyrinth makes it, and then it goes Infinity War. Up to you. Yeah, okay. Sure. I think Infinity War is a better movie. But then put it in yeah, – I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not – you know, I'm not going to – it's not going to hurt me personally to make that decision. So. All right. Uh, well, he's lost twice now, so what do you got next? Uh, Hocus Pocus at three. Hocus Pocus it is. All right, then after that, what? It's uh, Wizard of Oz? Oof. Yeah, Jay Scotty's got Wizard of Oz. Wow, Wizard of Oz just lost to Hocus Pocus, <laughs> but that's fine. Instead of before we look at it, uh, what do you got next? Uh, he has Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I, I guess got the Princess, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So. Uh, I got uh, Princess Bride, which I would take over. Yeah, so would I. Sorry, uh, sorry, Keith. I just, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? All right, what do you have next? These are the I, last think I think you'll win this one. It's Doctor Strange uh, versus uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, I think uh, Doctor Strange should win that one. Yep, I agree. All right, we are good to go. Awesome. All right, here we go. The top 10. Ooh, oh, Okay. The top 10 movies involving witches and wizards on the relist. Yeah. At number 10. Uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. At number nine. Doctor Strange. At number eight. The Chronicles of Narnia. At number seven. The Princess Bride. At number six. The Wizard of Oz. At number five. Hocus Pocus. At number four. Labyrinth. At number three. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. At number two. Excalibur. And our number one movie uh, involving a witch or a wizard on the relist is... The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Hey, oh, there it is. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks to everybody who participated in this. Uh, you know, patrons, uh, you all know you can be a part of this. And, uh, you know, we read your list down. We put it together just like a mini version of the show. It's our way of saying thank you for supporting the show, giving you an opportunity to be a part of the show, having your lists read, having your words read um and things and your movies recognize that you think should be talked about. So thank you very much. And of course, thank you to Christos Alexakos who puts this all together for us uh, every single time we do one of these and does so much more than that for our patrons. So thank you so much on that end. Yeah. Him, uh, our thanks to patrons, uh, Billy Williams, Keith Fitzgerald and Jay Scotty St. Clair. Absolutely. Uh, it's awesome. Um, that you guys want to support the show and that you wanted to, you know, Jay Scotty was uh, stoked to be part of the relist for the first time. So yeah. that's, and I think that's uh, it this week. If you want to participate in the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And you can join up there and you get all kinds of other uh, bonus uh, content too. You can participate in Topic Thunder we put out. Yeah. And 
the highest tier you can choose a topic. So hit us up over there. And our thanks to everybody that supports us and uh, the people that help us behind the scenes, uh, Mike Shea, Joe Abara, Chris uh, Alexakos, who we brought up, uh, Matt Hasso and Kristen Smith. Our thanks to all five of you. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, please check out my other podcast, Embrace the Hate. And that is it for me this week. Yep. You can follow me at The Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Please come over and subscribe to my YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash John Roca says, look, and if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, go over and subscribe to the top 10 channel. We've got the top 10 YouTube feed as well out there. Go and subscribe and get us over on a thousand subscribers so we can get over that 4,000 hours watch time and maybe find a way to monetize that channel, which would be a lot of fun. So thanks so much for uh, watching this time at, or, or listening this time on the Relist. Relist. Relist.